Good exercise. Yes, good. Isaiah 50 verse 4 and 5. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the land that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. This is uh, the time of the year where we reflect on the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ into our world and everything that he's done for us. And where we reflect also on the grace of God. The grace of God. And today, I want to talk about the power of God's grace. You know, grace everywhere is defined as God's unmerited favor upon our lives. In other words, you don't deserve to be loved. It has nothing to do with what you have done or what you haven't done. It's just... God's grace compels God to just love you. No matter what's going on, no matter what's going on in your life, God focused on you personally with love. You need to understand in this season where we celebrate the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, let that sink into your spirit. God loves you. No matter where you've been, He loves you. He cares deeply for you because he created you in the image of his son. So he loves you and cares for you. Today I want to talk about the power of God's grace in your life and in my life. The power of God's grace. Let me read from Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. It says, let us therefore come boldly. To the throne of grace. Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy. The throne of grace. God's inviting you and you can come today and what you will get is mercy over whatever you're going through. Regardless of your circumstance, even if you feel hemmed in and there is no way out, you don't even know what to do, God will show you mercy if you come to his throne. It's God's invite and it says, let us therefore come boldly, not timidly, not concerned, but a God, you will have an audience with God, you will have an audience with him. He is inviting you to come boldly to the throne of grace, that you may obtain mercy and find, get the word, grace. Grace is very powerful. It puts you over. The grace of God, when you, obtain, when you find grace from God, He puts you over. Whatever you're dealing with. But you must come. You have to go to Him. You just don't sit around. Go to the throne of grace. God's inviting you. Come to the throne of grace. Now, it's an amazing thing that Calvary transformed God's throne from a throne of judgment into a throne of grace. Now, I know we talk about judgment. It's called the mercy seat. I mean, uh, the judgment seat. Remember that? The judgment seat of God. That's judgment. But the grace of God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, Calvary, through his death, when God sits on his throne where he governs, that throne is now named the throne of grace. So if there is no grace in your life, come to the grace, the throne of grace. God's great throne is now called, it's a very powerful throne. (laughs) That's where God governs the universe from. And that throne is called the throne of grace. So every time you come, you will obtain mercy. 
And every time you come, you will find the power of grace to assist you in whatever you are going through and put you over. But you must come boldly. Before, when the high priest comes into the holiest of all, where there was the mercy seat, he has to be very careful and make sure he did everything right. Otherwise, he is going to fall down and die. Right there. They have a rope over his leg. If he dies and they don't hear the bell, you pull him out dead. But now, God is inviting us into his very presence. And he says, don't come wondering if something bad's going to happen to you. Come boldly. You will, be, you will have audience with him. And he will give you mercy and then he will give you grace. You know, grace can solve any problem. No matter what the problem is, grace has the power to solve it. Notice when he says, what he says, you will obtain that you might find grace and grace helps. Grace is the helper. Amen? Grace will help in whatever you need help with. But you got to come to that throne. That's why prayer is important. Many times people love to complain, talk about the issues and the problems. But God says, leave all of that. Come to my throne. Come to my throne. Bear your heart. Talk to God. Talk to God. And God is able to do this for us. So that's the, the power of, of God's grace. So I want to talk about seven things. Ministers always have to go seven, okay? If you don't go seven, you really don't preach well. <laughs> it's got to be number one, number two, number three, and I, I don't have anything else. I'll just inject something in there so I can get to seven. <laughs> then they all think I'm a good preacher. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so I got seven for you today. <laughs> okay. Seven. <laughs> Stop laughing, Joy. It's not funny. I think you do the same thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know Pastor Larry does that. I have no First one, the Bible tells us salvation is by grace. If you live through your life on earth and didn't obtain salvation, your life was a waste. It's the truth. The greatest gift... God's given to mankind the number one thing for every human is the gift that stays with you here and goes with you after your death. It's the greatest gift. Salvation. That's why Jesus came. And the Bible tells us that salvation is by grace. And you find this in Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 7 I like this verse 7. It's so beautiful for me. It says that in the ages to come. Now it was written then. Our time. In the ages to come. God might show the exceeding riches of his grace. Hello. God's showing off his grace. There are riches. In the grace of God to meet every need. Not just physical need, not just material need, spiritual needs, all needs. God wants to show us. He says that in ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness. God's kindness towards us. Eric, God's going to be kind to you today. Amen? God's going to be kind to you. If you feel like God's not aware of what's going on, hey, would you accept that? Say it with me. God's going to be kind to me today. You know, God doesn't live in time. It's today. God's going to be kind to me today. God is showing the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards you. There are no limits. No limits. 
God wants to be kind to you. He is happy to be kind to you and to supply you with unlimited grace. You know, we always talk about Mary is highly favored, right? (laughs) Yeah, she was. And you are highly favored. You know, she gave birth to the Savior, right? That's why she was highly favored. You have heard the word more than the conqueror? The boxer is in the ring and fighting, and the wife is sitting by the ringside, right? He wins, and she's more than a conqueror. Because everything that he's won, everything's coming. Amen? That's what Jesus has done for us. Amen? In his kindness towards us. It tells us very clearly there, for the reason for this is for by grace you have been saved through faith. Think about it. When grace hits your life, your life changes. Faith was there, but it wasn't faith that brought the changes. It wasn't faith that brought the deliverance. For by grace you have been saved. Through faith, grace is the power that changes a man's life. If you will accept the grace of God, this morning your life can be transformed. He says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works. So you're not working it. Guess who is working it? Grace. Grace is the power that transform and the grace of God is exceedingly rich towards us. Amen. So after God has saved us, if you saved, guess what He put you under? He placed you under grace. Every born again Christian is placed under grace. There's always grace over your life. Amen. Not sometimes I have grace. And other times I don't feel like I have grace. The, God, the kind of grace we are talking about from God is always there in your life. You don't ever lose it. It's always there. God has placed every believer under his grace. So you have grace in your life. And that's why the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 6 verse 14. He says for sin, notice salvation by grace, right? He says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because you are no longer under the law. Guess where you are under? Under grace. As long as you are under grace, no addiction can stay having control over your life. Can I hear an amen? He says it very clearly there. Sin shall not have dominion. He's not saying you may not ever sin. He's not saying sin cannot dominate your life. Amen? Sin cannot dominate your life because you are under grace. Say with me, I am under God's grace. I'm under God's grace. Do you really believe that? I am under God's grace. No matter what I'm going through now, listen, if sin cannot have dominion over your life, Nothing else can have dominion over your life. Amen? Nothing else. The worst thing that can hold you down is sin. Right? If sin cannot have dominion over your life, nothing. This is the gospel. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I can be free because I am under the grace of God. Say it with me. I am under God's grace. That's so important. I'm under God's grace. I can be free. Number two, grace sets you apart. When, God, when you find favor in God's sight, many times people want to think about things that are happen to you, happening to you, houses, success in life and all of that. But think about David, right? He was in the field. Think about Joseph, a slave, right? But you can come around him and you can tell there's something unusual about this kid. Amen? 
It's always something unusual. You know why? The grace of God accompanied with the presence of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which today is a crazy thing in the church where nobody wants to talk about speaking in tongues anymore. Let's not, talk, let's not offend people. Let's not speak in tongues around people. They'll be offended. The gay people are not offended by anything. They speak freely about they're coming out and the Christians are going in. We're not going to talk about this speaking in tongues thing. Don't say it in public. Hide it. I'm not hiding it. I'm not hiding it. He's the greatest, one of the greatest gifts God has given to us. He's favor from God. And I'm not apologizing for it. I'm not hiding it. Let's not speak in tongues so we don't offend them. Let them be offended. When they do their stuff and they shout on television and do the crazy stuff... They don't think about offending me. They're just coming out. Why can't I come out? Just like they're coming out. I want to come out. Amen. I want to come out as well. It's not only them that want to come out. I want to come out speaking in tongues. If you don't like it, I'll speak it in your ears. There's no need offending I don't want to go into that. I need to get, I need to get back in my message. Uh, yeah, you can tell that's been boiling inside. It's got to come out. Yes, it's got to come out. It's got to come out. I firmly believe the death of Jesus opened the door for this great being, the Holy Spirit, who was there at the very beginning, God is His Spirit, to come and live in me, and you want me not to come out? I've got to come out. Amen? I've got to come out. Whether they like it or not, I'm coming out. The grace of God sets you apart. With the presence, after God has graced you, He fills you with His presence, the Holy Spirit. And every time somebody comes around, they can tell. This, it sets you apart. This person is different. You can't be around Mary, the mother of Jesus, and one says something is different. Favor. Grace from God. While the whole world is being destroyed... God can set you apart even in times of trouble. He did that with Noah. He did that with Noah. He did that with Noah. God was going to destroy the whole world. But then he says, Noah found grace in his sight. Nothing changed. If you read in the scripture, he says it. God said, I will destroy man. Whom I have created from the face of the earth. I'm just going to destroy mankind from the face of the earth. Both man and beasts. It's an amazing. If Noah didn't find favor or grace in God's sight, you won't see the elephants today. They'll all be dead. You won't find a lion. You go to zoo and you won't find anything there. But because he found grace. And for 100 years, God waited for this man to build the ark. For 100 years, God was patient. Why? He already made up his mind he was going to destroy the earth. But this man found grace in his eye. And God said, I'll wait for another 100 years. Build the boat. And get these animals in there. He sets us apart. Can I hear an amen? He sets us apart. This is the word of God. These things are written for our example. And God's there for us. Amen? The Bible tells us in Psalm 91, verse 7, A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not... When you find favor with God, He shall not come near you. He shall not. He shall not come near you. Number three. 
Grace is a teacher. A teacher is not there to help you fail. <laughs> Hello. A teacher is there to help you succeed. A teacher is there to help you get to your dream. And the Bible tells us that grace is a teacher. Grace teaches. You see, every one of you here has been, has been approved of God. Yes. You know why I know that? Calvary. Everybody hearing my voice here, God's approved of you. And God thinks highly of you. You are, God approves of you. The only problem, you don't know it. And I don't know it. Guess who's going to teach us to get there? The grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace is a teacher. To help us succeed in God. Let me read this. It says, for the grace of God... That brings salvation. We're going to talk about grace and salvation. That brings salvation has appeared to all men. All believers. It's appeared to you. You have it. The grace is with you. You know it. It is there with you. Guess what he does? He's teaching us. Amen. That denying ungodliness and worldly loss. We shall live how? Soberly. Righteously. And godly in this present age. That's what God brews. In other words, he's saying, I don't want you going this way. I don't want you doing this. This is the way to go. Sometimes I encounter people that talk about God has so much grace upon us. And they said, you know, the grace of God can cover everything. We sin every day. We sin every day. And if someone was telling me, we sin every day, I said, I don't remember sinning. I woke up real early this morning. I came to church for prayer. And then I ran back home to get ready, get myself prepared so I can preach a sermon. And uh, then I came and I stayed in my office praying for the service. And after the service, I preached the message. It's now about 2 o'clock. I haven't had time to sin. We don't sin every day. I haven't had time to sin. I still, after I live here, there are other things to do for God. I don't have time to sin. There is no time. But it's, it's, when you don't understand grace, you speak that way. Sin shall not have dominion over you because you are under grace. He didn't say you can never ever sin, but it can have grip of your life where you have no control. He's just taking over. That's what the scripture is saying. Amen. I don't feel like making you stand and sit back. Nobody's going to sleep and do this message. Okay? <laughs> I like that. It's, it's keeping us for that glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Glorious hope. There is hope. When you want to live like the world, you have no hope. But if you have hope in Jesus coming back, a better world for us, that's not part of you. That's for the vultures. Hello, I'm not going to be eating with the vultures. I'm an eagle. Okay, okay. That's the way to be. I walk with eagles. And so the Holy Spirit is teaching us, and guess how that happens? The grace of God coming to teach us now. Further, number four, grace will restore dignity to your life. Can you bring those chairs off? Two, I need two here. Uh, I never do illustrated message before, uh, but I chose to do that today. You still would love me because Jesus commanded you to love me. (laughs) 
Wonderful. I was reading, uh, hearing this message. Um, T.L. Osborne, you know I talk about T.L. Osborne a good bit. T.L. Osborne was preaching in a place. Notice what I said. Grace will restore dignity into your life. When the grace of God hits your life, things change. You are no longer the same person. Things may appear like it hasn't changed, but by and by, things will change if you are patient. That's what the Bible says. We are in need of patience. Believers are not patient enough. If it doesn't happen all of a sudden. But you see, God restores dignity into our lives. And I can see that through the pages of scriptures. When you have been beaten down by life's issues, and you can't really raise your head because of the things that have happened to you, and you feel like this is always going to be this way, and people are telling you that's the way it is. You are beaten down. You can never get off of it. Now, let grace hit your life. And grace can transform that life. Amen? Grace can. You know, T.L. Osborne was preaching. And, uh, and in, usually you have thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in the field. And there was a man that was insane. Totally insane. He, he walked around. He's, he's never had shower for long. For a long time. Had tweeds and sticks, little sticks in his hair. And somebody, they, they went and grabbed him and brought him to the crusade ground. And he sat down there. And the grace of God hit him. Amen? All of a sudden, he started asking questions. Why am I so filthy? Who put this stuff on my hair? What happened? And they realized, God had visited him. God had healed him. So the preacher heard about it. And they brought him up. And, and they took him home. And they shaved his hair. And they bought him a new suit. And they brought him up. And T.L. Osborne said, I want you to sit with me on the stage today. And before those crusades, generally, they will introduce all the dignitaries. The vice president, whoever, the senator, and everybody. And he is sitting on the stage with all these noble people. And he felt like a fish out of water. And so he was sitting like this while the man was preaching. And T.L. Osborne was bragging on what God had done. And he said, wow, look at how God healed this man in the field. And he said, look at him. And he saw the guy sitting just like that. And looking everywhere like, well, why am I sitting there with all these nobles? So T.L. Osborne stopped preaching. And the multitudes wondered, what's going on? Why is he stopping preaching? So he went and sat by him. The multitudes watching. And he says, You like that? You like that? You are a prince now. These individuals don't matter. God has transformed your life. You are as noble as the rest of them. He said, do this, do this. Do this. You like that? He said, yes. He liked that. He said, you are a prince. These guys, they don't matter. You matter in heaven. You are important. So the next day, he went back again. And he was preaching. And, and screaming at the people. And bragging on what God had done. And then he said, look at him. And the guy went back and crossed his leg. And he said, every time he refers to him, he'll pull himself back and cross his leg like the big shot that he was really like. <laughs> Amen. Thank you so much. <laughs> like <this time. laughs> 
restoring dignity. You know what? I'm sure after that, all the vice presidents and the senators, they are coming to shake his hand and talking to him and hugging him. And from then, he knew, I am important. Amen. Then he can go out and preach the gospel. You know, after God is coming to your life, Satan wants to keep you down. He doesn't want you to know the prince or the princess that you are. Always bringing condemnation into your head. That's why the Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Those have found grace. No more. We don't have that. Can I hear an amen? We don't have that. God restores. I think about, and I'm going to go into the scripture. I think about the woman at the well. Right? The woman at the well, she came at noon where she knew there was nobody going to be there. I'm I'm sure she was getting close to the well and there was Jesus sitting at the well and she was saying, this never happened before. Who is this guy sitting at the well? Who is this? She avoided the men of the city. I'm sure she avoided, if you can can find that in John chapter 4. She avoided everything. She was just going to live her life because life had disappointed her. She was no good. That's the way it's going to be. And she sat at the well, and Jesus started talking to her. And she was shocked. You're a Jew. You're talking to me, and I'm a Samaritan. I'm supposed to be way down here. And but then it didn't take her long. She was talking to the Messiah from heaven. He was talking to her. And not distracted by anything. Not even concerned if anyone would see him talking to her. She got his full attention. She was being restored. And right after the, the, this encounter, she went. Something had changed inside of her. She went into the city. Guess who she was talking to? The men. I'm sure if you, she talked to you as a man, a married man, you and her talking alone, the men of the city were saying, what does he want? <laughs> That's a, that was her reputation. But she talked to all of them. And they all came to him. And because of her words, you know, he, she, he's told me everything that I've ever done. And so they came out to be with Jesus and begged Jesus to stay for two days. And they heard the words of Jesus. That would have been enough. But the, the men, all of them, went back to her. Before they wouldn't talk to her, now they are talking to her. He restores your dignity. Amen? They are talking to her. And in my mind, I can see what happened after Jesus left town. Everybody wants to know they are not ashamed to be in her presence. Where, how did you find him? What did he say to you? They want to know. She became somebody important in that village. From all the way from the bottom, all the way. That's the Jesus we serve. That's the grace of God. Amen? Okay, now, number five. Hey. Grace will bring you money. Please don't throw stones at me. <laughs> okay. I know in the church, money is like, uh, don't say that. <laughs> but you have to see what God's word says. Amen. It says in Second Corinthians 8 verse 9, For you know what? The grace. For you know, I pray that every one of us will know by the grace of God. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, and you can read the whole chapter, the whole chapter is talking about giving and receiving money. So you really cannot miss it. Remember, it says, the exceeding riches of his grace. 
This is part of it. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. What's the result of that? That you, through his poverty, might become rich. That's the scripture from the word of God. And I believe this coming year, that's my belief, and I'm praying about it, that God's going to be blessing so many people with so much financial blessing in this house. Can I hear an amen? Amen. God's going to be blessing us with so much finances. The church will have so much money to do whatever we want. Can I hear an amen? Amen. You are not sounding convinced to me. Can I hear an amen? Amen. God's going to bless you and you know what to do. Bless his work. Amen. God's going to do that this year because that's exactly what the word says. I believe it with all of my heart. God's going to be bringing people that want to give to his work. I believe that. God's going to do that. And they will give to his work freely and they will be blessed. The whole congregation will bless. Remember, he says to Abraham, in you shall every family of the earth be blessed. And I'm declaring every family, say with me, every family, every family, my family, every family shall be blessed. You don't sound like you're convinced. Every family shall be blessed. Can God do this? Really? So we are not saying uh, in those days when God was young and and energetic. But now he has become the ancient of days. No. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, Jesus said something so crucial to us. He said, if two of you shall agree concerning anything that they shall ask, it will be done. So I'm begging you to agree with me today, okay? Please, I'm begging you. Uh, Are you going to agree with me? Every family, say it with me, of this church will be blessed greatly financially in 2020. Can I hear an amen? An amen. Amen. God's going to do it for us. God's going to do it for us. And when it starts happening, I will know. And you will know it. It's by faith. It's by faith. God's going to do it. He blessed 3 million people and fed them 40 days, I mean 40 years in the wilderness. And God's able to do it for us. Amen? Amen. Number 6, so I can finish my 7. Grace empowers you to live above natural circumstances. Grace will enable you to do that. The circumstances are there, but grace pushes you over them. If you will trust God's grace. Listen to what the scripture says. I'm going to move real quick. It says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. So death, that's everything. When death reigns, everything you touch is, is dying. That's what, when death is reigning, Everything you put your hand is going to die. Death's reigning. But God says, I'm reversing it. It says, death reigns through the one. Much more, those who would receive abundance of grace. Can you say with me? I have abundance of grace. And of the gift of righteousness. You will reign in life. Through Jesus Christ. So that puts you as the master. Amen? Amen. Circumstances are not your master. You reign through Christ as the master. Amen? Amen? Number seven. Grace inspires labor for God. Let me put it this way. I can tell if God's grace is strong in your life 
by how much willing you are to labor for God. If you're not interested, there's really no grace. You can have everything else. But when it comes to God, His grace is not there. Because when God shows up in your life with grace, it's labor for Him. You want to do something for Him. You don't come to church and just sit around. You want to be a part of what's going on. You want to join in. You want to find something to do. That's what this is about. Everyone whose life is touched by grace, it doesn't matter how hard, what the sacrifice, the level of sacrifice. Talk about Peter, James, John. The level of sacrifice, they left everything. With no concern about their future. They wanted to live and work for God. If God's grace is really at work in your life, you just want to labor. And I'm going to prove that from scriptures. Amen? This is from Paul. It says, but the grace of God, it says, but by the grace of God, I am who I am. By the grace of God, I am who I am. When you're with God, grace is what makes you who you are. In God. Nothing else. It is the grace of God that makes up your being as a Christian. The grace. I am who I am. He was a great apostle. We still talk about Paul today. He was a great apostle. Accomplished so, so much. But all, he said, if you talk about Paul, I am who I am by the grace of God. He was the grace of God that made me who I am. And then he says, and his grace towards me was not in vain. May God's grace upon your life never be in vain. Look at what it says. Why was it, in, why was it not in vain? But I labored. When the grace of God is upon your life and that grace is not in vain, guess what? You labor. Not for yourself, but for the kingdom. The grace of God upon my life was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they were. You know, Paul said he had more grace because he wasted the church, right? Not like the apostles, they were fishermen. He was killing Christians. And God's grace brought him up to that place. And then he stayed with that grace. And the grace of God made him. And so the grace of God that was so rich in his life made him to labor even more. He's frightening. Yes, I'm a Christian, but no labor for God. Get involved. Amen? Get involved in what God's doing. Get involved in his program. So the grace can be saved. I labor abundantly more than, all, more than they all, yet not. Guess what he said? Yet not I, who was doing the labor, but the grace of God which was with me. When the grace of God is with you, you labor. It consumes you. You just want to do something. You want to win souls. You want to invite somebody to church. You want to bless them. It's there and you don't care what people think about you. You don't care what they're saying. Is there inside of you because you want to labor for your God. You don't consider what they are all saying. It's what God says. You, you want to please Him. You give anything just to labor for Him, to reach a life. Make the sacrifice just for the life without complaining because He's called you to do that work and you know it. Every one of you has that grace today. You have that grace. May his grace upon your life never be in vain. Because the labor that you labor in grace is for reward when you get back home. Amen? It's for reward when you get back home. Would you bow your heads with me today? Appreciate every one of you here today. There are some of us, we haven't even taken the first step towards grace. 
God says, come boldly to the throne of grace. I'm inviting you today to come boldly so you can find, you can obtain mercy and find grace to help. All heads bow today. If you've never made a commitment to Christ and there's something inside of you saying this morning, I really want to be a part of this. I want to labor for God. I don't know how to. This is how to. First of all, ask Jesus to come into your life. What that means is embrace him, receive him. Let him come into your life. If you will do that, he will come in and grace begins. Grace will begin his work in your life. At the count of three, I ask that you lift your hand up today, every one of you, the saying, I am inviting Jesus into my life. And I truly mean it. At the count of three, please do that. All eyes closed, heads bowed. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Thank you. I see those hands. I see those hands. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Put those hands down. Thank you. God saw your hands today. And I know what you did just honored heaven. And heaven will honor you in return. Amen. Heaven will honor you in return. The grace of God has started in your life. Can I hear an amen? The grace of God. Because you lifted your hands up this morning. And you really meant it. God's grace is already at work in your life. I want you to do something a little further. I want you to say this prayer after me. And please say it, meaning it from your heart. And telling yourself, God, I am going to get in your program. I'm not backing down. I'm going to get in your program. Whatever it takes, I'm going to follow God from this day on. If that's you, would you say this prayer with me to your heavenly father. And he will hear this prayer from heaven. Say with me, heavenly father, I come to you today. Come into the throne of grace to receive grace and to obtain mercy. Heavenly Father, have mercy on me. Receive me as your child. Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Strengthen me through your grace to live for you. For the rest of my life. In Jesus name. And everybody said. Amen. Would you give him a clap offering. Thank you Jesus. If you raise your hand up. Where is Doug? Please stand up there. That's uh, our minister here Doug. If you want to know something more. Please meet with Doug. Back there after service. Dog's gonna say some things to you and give you a pamphlet for you to take home. We really mean business, amen. And take that home and read through it. God will reveal Himself more to you, amen. God will reveal Himself more to you. Put your hands together for Him, for Jesus. For Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Prayer partners, would you please come? If you have any need, they have already alluded to that scripture. If two shall agree concerning anything, God has answered so many prayers here, both those coming online and uh, those that we've prayed for. And uh, please come out and let these people pray with you. Don't leave if there's something bothering your heart. Please meet with these people. God will answer your prayer as they pray for you. Amen. Would you stand up? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Feel free to come. Feel free to come. Feel free to come. Sometimes people are so self-conscious about people. When it comes to God, forget everybody else. Amen? It's your life and the life of God. Amen? Thank you. Let God touch your life today and bring the necessary change.
know my heart is I'm so joyful to God for you every one of you that somehow by the grace of God God has brought us all together amen to do work here for him and he's doing the work amen God's doing the work God's doing the work there's somebody here you are going through something very difficult you know, this doesn't seem like there's going to be an answer before this week ends you will hear something don't know where it's coming from that will let you know God's at work because God's taking for you amen God's taking off for you Would you lift your hands up as a sign of surrender your whole life to the Lord? As we pray and we close. And please don't leave. If you need prayer, the prayer partners will still be here. They'll pray with you. Father God, we thank you for your presence with us here today. We're so grateful. We're so grateful. Go with your people. Let your face shine upon them. Let grace be multiplied upon their lives in the name of Jesus. Let the sorrow in their hearts vacate their hearts in Jesus' name and replace them with joy, unspeakable, full of glory. Throughout this week, oh God, in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. God bless you. We dismissed.